Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. On this podcast, we journey together in learning how to feel healthy, look good, and plan lives we actually like in the midst of all the everyday chaos. I'm so glad you're here. And today is one of my favorite episodes in a long time. Oh, we get in it with Jamie Nato. You guys, we had such a good conversation about so many different things. We talk about faith. We talk about business. We talk about remembering who you are and showing up exactly as the person that that you know you are and you want to be. It is such a good episode. I can't wait for you guys to get it in your earbuds and listen to the whole thing. But before we get there, just really quickly, I wanted to mention that next week is my podcast masterclass. I'm so excited to be offering this. I did have to move the date though, due to some unforeseen court circumstances. So it is actually going to be next Thursday, August 24th. So from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, we are going to be talking all things podcasting. I know, that sounds like a really long time to be sitting there. Don't worry. We're going to do about 40 minutes of teaching, followed by 10 minutes of questions, and then a 10-minute break. And then we'll reconvene, and we will do it all over again. It's going to be jam-packed with so many things, you guys. All your podcasting questions are going to get answered. We're going to talk about all the basics of what equipment you need and how to get it rolling, what software to use, all that kind of thing. And then we're going to talk about things like what's the deal with video podcasts and how do I market this thing and how can I make money off of it? We're going to talk about all of that stuff. So you're not going to want to miss it. Be sure to head over to mckenziecoppa.com slash podcast masterclass. And that's where you can get signed up, join us. It's going to be a great time. So again, go over to mckenziecoppa.com slash podcast masterclass to join us that morning. There will be a replay sent out, so don't worry, but it's going to be so much fun and have so much information. So you're not going to want to miss it. But for right now, let's dive into this really fun conversation with Jamie Nato. Welcome back, Jamie. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Okay, full admission. I finished the book this morning on hey. two speed. <laughs> you did a great yeah. job, even double time with that audiobook. So, I mean, well done. I am so proud of you. It's hard to finish a book. I mean, I have ADHD, so I have seven books that I'm in the middle of, but yeah. I think it's a feat. Like, if you finish a book, way to go, you. Well, I, I, I'm very determined. I'm very like, very competitive. I'm very competitive three. So like I got to finish things, but I was like, I don't want to go into that interview without like having absorbed every last word for us to talk about. So I managed to do it. And I mean, we kind of were talking about this before we got started, but this book hit me like square between the eyes, like exactly where (laughs) I am right now. And I have been, I mean, I think that we can just be honest about like faith and hardship. Like I've been in a drought like these. Yeah. I mean, the last six, the last, the last 20 years have been <laughs> a little wilderness. Yeah. But especially like these last six years and then these past three years and even just this past this past summer. I mean, my son had to get a protection order against his own father. Like things yeah. have been really tough. And there has been that sense of like, Hey God, where the heck are you? Yeah. What are you doing? We are barely surviving here. Yeah. And just just in this last month, maybe all of these things have been happening. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
like, is this like a whole new, okay, I feel like I'm being cryptic. People who follow me on Instagram, they know, but I, you know, I've been pursuing my business online and doing voiceover and doing the podcast and all that for all these years. And that's been like getting us just barely by, but it's like something, some, yeah. it, it's not enough. Like something's got to change. Something's, you yeah. know, we're being, we're drowning in legal fees and all the rest. And the cost of living has gone up and like something's got to give. Yeah. And my best friend, who I was telling you just moved to Indiana. The the podcast listeners are are very familiar with her. She comes on the show all the time. Um, but she's had lash extensions for five years, I think five or six years. And she just told me like, yeah, my gal, she's teaching a course. Like, let's get you in there. Let's have you do it and see. Yeah. And since that day, like so many things have just been falling into place. Yeah. And when you talked about Joseph in your book, I was like, Oh yeah, there is Bible stuff about this. I just like <laughs> not been wanting to think about for a while. But yeah, so so good. Like well done. Well, thank you. I I think I wrote the book for me in a time when I was going through that exact thing. It's like you look around and you're finding, you know, it's either suffering or long suffering or Things just aren't, it's like you take a step and it's a misstep or you, and then you feel shame about that. Like, oh, well, what was I doing all these years? Was that stupid? Um, Am I stupid? (laughs) Like, am I just, why can't I just like go to a nine to five and like, you know, and, but that wasn't ever for me. And so I think I wrote the book for women specifically who need what I needed. It was for someone to grab me on the shoulders and say, everything is going to be used for your good. Everything is on purpose. There are no coincidences. You are going to get there. Like you, and it's sometimes this tedious process, it's long, but when you look back, you can say, oh my gosh, there, God was there, 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 and there. You know, if you, if you choose to be self-aware enough and a lot of times we, we don't want to be self-aware. We want what we want and we want it now. And we don't want to like, you know, we just want to say that was bad and now I'm moving on. And yeah. I think we lose a lot of the treasure when we say, what about that thing that I buried? Like, is there treasure there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It felt like a giant permission slip because like you go, you go back in the book to like, what, what was your joy when you were young? What were you doing? Yeah. And I mean, I think that you and I are similar and like, we have a lot of interests, a lot of diverse interests and a lot of things that we can pursue and we're interested in. And whereas like performing and all of that, that was a huge part of my upbringing and doing this voiceover work for years now has been like, okay, that was for something like all the voice lessons I went to, all the plays I was in. It wasn't just like, oh, the hobby when I was little, like, no, I actually got to make money from it when I was older. That's amazing. But also, and this is I loved your book because it helped me feel like it's, I don't know, less frivolous. Not that it even specifically addressed this, but going into something in the beauty industry. While I have always loved makeup, like I always, Uh always had the books when I was young and, you know, would go get it done at the Nordstrom's makeup counter and have the, you know, always my mom and I would go get different eyeshadow and, you know, like it was, it was always a thing. I did film shoots when I was younger where I was always asking the makeup artist questions and like, you know, I loved it, but it feels like, oh, but is that like a silly thing? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like not a smart thing, but 
I'm at this age now, you know, staring Mm -hmm. down 40 where I'm like, yeah, do I care? Like if I enjoy it, then man, who, who cares? I would encourage you not to care about those things that it's like, if no one was watching you, what would you be doing? Like if no yeah. one had an opinion, like what would you be doing? There's that. I, I was about to say stupid, like dance, like no one's watching. Um, that was on the bottom of my email when I was in college and, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's tough, but, um, it's like living unfettered and living light and, when you think about what you were doing at eight to 10 years old and there you are performing there, you are loving makeup. You are just loving. And really you get to the heart of that stuff. It's, it's taking something and accentuating what's already there. You, the, the thing is already inside. The talent is already in there and, and you are acting it out and you are bringing beauty to the world and makeup does that and let the women be beautiful. Like I just, we have so many expectations put on us and Everybody wants to manage a woman. Oh, we love to manage a yeah. woman inside church, outside church. We love just to manage and we, cause we have been managed and then we go perpetuate that on other people. Ask me how I really feel, but <laughs> we, we love managing women's bodies and what they do with their time. And I am just like over it and I'm 40, almost 42 now. So I'm elderly and I, now I understand like <laughs> why older people are like, yeah, I don't care. Like yeah. have your judgment, have your judgment. It's like, yeah. what does it have to do with me? Yeah. I think that like I have for, I would say the past three years, some of it is legit because I have people who like literally stalk my Instagram to try to like use it against me in court. And, you know, like there's some, some real things to that, but there's also like, I have been so I've had so much imposter syndrome these past three years of like, I use these products. I love these things, but I'm so afraid that somebody is just going to be like, what does she know? Or she's so stupid or, Oh, we have to listen to this stuff. And I'm, I think I'm finally like getting to that point where I'm like, if that's how they feel, then they can go. Like, I I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't need them here. I don't need them here for the numbers. Like I just want to like, just share. And if you have a problem Mm -hmm. with that, then fine. But have you ever dealt with that? Like, have you ever had that feeling as you, because I mean, you have a huge following and you share all kinds of things. And that's one of the things I love about you. (laughs) We're going to come to that in a second, but like, has that ever been a thing for you? Um, no, because I'm a robot. Yes, of course. Like (laughs) you want other people's approval. Like some of that is just normal, like societal norms. You, you want to be with the group. Right. But a lot of it is ego. And the more that you keep going back to God and saying like, but what do you say about me? And why would you have me love that when I was eight years old with not a care in the world? I do not care what other people think about me. And barring like, you know, intense trauma, like a, an eight to 10 year old is just a free, they, they yeah. are not crushed by the world and they don't do anything they don't want to do in their free time. If, if they have free time, you watch those eight to 10 year olds in your life and see what they're doing. And so you ask God why I, women are afraid to say that they like to be in the marketplace and that they like to sell and that they like to make money. We don't say that. If a man says that, it's fine. If a woman does that, it's like, whoa, let's not be so greedy. Um, And when I was dealing with that with God, I really like prayed that he would take that away from me. Like, why do I love to sell? So like, I love to sell. It's fun. 
I love the products. They help people and, and I'm good at it. And I went to God and said, take it away because obviously it's bad. Women shouldn't be selling things and maybe I'm just greedy. Meanwhile, I was giving exorbitant amounts to like <laughs> my favorite charities like or community yeah. or adoptions or whatever. And I mean, no sooner I prayed that prayer than the thought came into my head of me when I was eight or 10, however old. And everybody's playing doctor, school or house or, and I was playing a little bit of all that, but my main gig was pulling a rusty red wagon around the neighborhood and selling rocks back to my neighbors. And, you know, it was just like God being like, okay, what were you doing when you were eight? You were trying to buy new kids on the block cards. Like you had a goal, you were selling rocks. Maybe it's a little shady, but Hey, from their own yard back to them, whatever I was curating. It's called curation. (laughs) And, you know, I just felt like it was this huge permission slip from God to like, go be in the marketplace. And ambition is not bad. Selfish ambition is not good, but your ambition is good. You're doing good things with that. Women, when women make money, their entire families and communities rise with them. They are traditionally more philanthropic. They have a pulse on the community. Men are generous too. I'm just saying women in general, statistically, um, give. And when they don't have money, what do they give? They give their time. You know, it's just women, they know what's going on in their community. So then I thought, well, I've got to help other women make money and, you know, help them change their communities, help them change their kids' lives and, you know, make ends meet. I just think we've been told for so long, especially evangelical spaces, like women, you belong in the home. And for those of us who just felt like, yeah, I like my home, but I also like the marketplace. Where is, where is the place for me? And I think I just struggled with that so hard that once I got out of those systems, I I just, a lot of shame lifted. And I mean, I've never loved God more in my life. I've never been more light and free in my life. And, and I'm thankful for it, but I had to write about it because I want other women to have that permission slip too. Yeah. And it, that's, that's so what it was. And I, I feel like I'm going to talk like all over the map here. <laughs> so many things in what you just said, but I love that it was, it was a permission slip. Like you walked us through your process, but you, you told it in such like a, a guiding way that was just beautiful, like seeing it come out in your life. Okay, ladies, so as we have been wrapping up the last bits of this summer, I've been trying to keep things pretty simple. We are fully in our prepping for back to school mode and trying to get loose ends tied up before all of the craziness of the back to school year happens. And so I have been focusing on our meals being very simple and easy, simple chicken dishes and pasta and that sort of thing. But included in making them simple is using cookware that's going to make it easy to cook because Not everything is gonna stick to the pans and all of that, and it's also going to be easy cleanup. All of those things are super important to me. Plus, it really matters to me that our cookware is non-toxic and chemical-free. I don't need to be messing with these ingredients that I bought and making them toxic for my family. Um, No, thank you. And that is why I love caraway. So I am able to cook these simple dishes that I'm making in a way that is completely clean and awesome for my family. In fact, I've also been incorporating my kids cooking and they can do so because caraway's pans are so 
awesome. I absolutely love them. And my kids actually do too. They're like, wow, these things really work and nothing sticks to them. And then they also appreciate when they're doing the dishes and they don't have to scrub forever because everything just comes off so nicely from Caraway's nonstick chemical-free ceramic coating. And then of course, I personally also love Caraway because as a three on the Enneagram, I really value the presentation and my Caraway pans are beautiful. They are cream. They go with the aesthetic of my kitchen. I absolutely love that not not only do they work awesome and they're non-toxic, but they also look beautiful. I really appreciate that. And all the sets also come with complimentary easy access storage solutions, which also are so lovely to keep your kitchen all tidy and amazing. So if you want to get yourself some amazing pans or bakeware or kitchen storage or cute teapots or any of that, you're going to want to visit carawayhome.com slash live well to get 10% off your next order. That's 10% off at carawayhome.com slash live well or use the code live well at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. I want to take what you're saying about selling even another step further though, because I think like I get afraid of selling to people. I never want people to feel like I'm just selling to them. Like that's the only reason I'm showing up is to try to sell to them. And I think a lot of that probably goes back to like what you're saying. Like it's not okay for women to sell things, but it's okay for men to sell things. But also I think it's a whole nother step when it's an MLM because people already have that like, oh, you're going to hound me and you're going to make me try this thing. When really like I, I'm a part of a few different MLMs because I love their products. And because I can't find the same quality of products in other places and, and they do have a money-making opportunity. And why is that so wrong? And I'm a single mom trying to support four children. Like that should be okay. So how do you take it even to that other, like, how do you get past that in talking to people when they already have that preformed image of MLMs? I just, the, the spirit I have, about me when I sell is I don't need your money. Like I don't need the sale. I don't need you to buy from me. I will tell you, I mean, I live by live and die by integrity. So I think that's like one of the things that you have on this earth is your integrity. And so you won't hear me talking about a product I don't like. I mean, there's just not enough money that is worth that for me. So essential oils change my life. And in that in particular snake oils gets made fun of from the pulpit from other yeah. women who are Christians, they, they, it's a joke. Oh, your cousin in Montana wants to sell you a unique business opportunity and they make fun and everybody laughs. And I think I found no ceiling outside of the church. Why did I have to go inside the church and shrink so hard? No opportunities mm-hmm. for empowerment. No, no routes for me to get leadership like men were no personal development at all. Um, just no opportunity. But when I went outside those doors, man, in this, in this MLM, here I am. And the, the back of the company is built on women and the CEO was a woman. And you have these people who are so deeply invested in your personal development, not just in this product, but they want you to do well. And I thought, wow, this is a really stark contrast between these systems. And so it, it was just a life raft for me. I yeah. learned so much about myself. I learned a lot about God. I learned a lot about leadership. I learned a lot about selling with integrity and I came alive. So, you know, I would say 
I sell by integrity. I sell because I believe in this model. I love this model for women because there's just not, I haven't found other places where this much is invested in women and this much opportunity is here for women. If you can get over your ego, if you can get that people think, oh, she's in an MLM and you know, all my friends know, all my neighbors know that this is what we do and this is, but they buy them because they know me. So yeah, people buy you before they buy your product. And and I would say when you keep that, I don't need your, I am not desperate for a sale. I don't want, I don't need your money. Yeah. I, I'd love, I'd love to have your business, but I don't need you to like me or buy from me or, you know, I'm not in competition with another person that's selling essential oils. If that's your friend, go buy from your friend like that. Nothing makes yeah. me happier than you yeah. buying from your friend, <laughs> like, or yeah. your cousin in Montana, like nothing. <laughs> Nothing makes me happier. Please go support women. Women, women drive the economy. I mean, women are making 85% of the economical choices right now in the United States. Women are buying, they have buying power and they have influence in their family. And I know that's true for my household. And so I just say, you know, women are buying, why aren't they buying from you? And you know, work on that, work on yourself, work on the way you sell, work on your education of your product and in your ego. And then, you know, you can't help but fly when you do that. Yeah. Well, and I think you hit on something really important there too. Like people buy you before they buy your product. And I think it probably helps that you have so much diverse interests. Like you bring so many different things to the table on your Instagram. You don't show up there and it's just all about essential oils. Like you're (laughs) going to get a little bit of everything. Like that was something bored. You won't be bored. You won't be bored. I thought it was so interesting seeing some of the comments I think you were posting early on about your book where people were like surprised that it was really deep and like packed with wisdom (laughs) because they expected you to just be funny because that is probably, you know, people see reels of you doing your ADD support line and like, you know, and so that I I found you from trash crafts, you know, (laughs) that's how people get drawn in. But I think anyone who sits with your page for more than a day or two is going to see like, oh, there's so much here. We're going to hit on like why American faith is not the same as faith all over the world. And we're going to hear about women and like wellness and all the different things. So it was kind of funny to me that like that's what people just thought it was going to be a comedy book or something because (laughs) you do, you offer so much which I wanted to ask you about because I think right now we are living in a very nicheified culture. Like the only way that you are going to be successful, that you are going to be able to, you know, sell that thing or do this thing is that that is all you focus on. Could you speak to how you've done well in this nicheified time? Because I'm, I'm in that same place where like, I have too many interests. I have too many things I want to talk about. I mean, I just, it's hard for me to break integrity with myself. I do like a lot of things. I am a voracious like researcher. I, I have a sense of humor about me. I love writing. I like, I love my kids, you know, especially right now. I want to talk about parenting. I, I can't help but talk about American evangelicalism and politics. I think it's, they're married, they're in bed in, in a weird way. And yeah. um, half your audience just left, but um, no, I, but then good, I can't right? help We're it. To, yeah, I'm actually just fluffing off this. No, I, 
I want, I keep integrity with myself and I'm not just one thing. I'm many, many things as is every human. And I think, I don't think there's anything bad if you're just saying for business strategy, I'm only going to talk about lashes. That's what this account is going to be and whatever. I have too much ADHD and that is, I would feel trapped. I would be so bored and I'm just doing what works for me. And I think some of that is saying being okay with yourself, who you are and saying, you know, if this isn't for everyone, then they can go find less. You know what I mean? Like if, if this go, go on then, like if I'm overstimulating you or you, I keep annoying you with opinions, then, um, you know, go, go somewhere else that you find is better for you. I'm so not offended by that, but a lot of it is just, I'm 42. I would not have been able to say that at 32 Yeah, and giving yourself some space and grace to figure that out. It, it just doesn't feel good to have your whole business tied to how other people want you to be. And you fight for that. You fight for that integrity and it gets easier and easier as you age if you continue to develop personally. Yeah. I and I'm I'm finding that more and more is like every time I try to be like, okay, well, how do I how do I narrow this down? It's like, well, I just for anything that I'm sharing about, I would rather just be able to share like I'm people's friend and I wouldn't only tell my best friend about lashes or only about makeup or only about (laughs) athletic greens who sponsors the podcast. Like I wouldn't just talk about that. I would talk about athletic greens makes your skin look so good. I love (laughs) athletic greens. I I swear you glow. It's and it tastes good. Like it gives me energy. I know I'm I'm hoping maybe I'm they're sponsoring this episode and I can use this as the ad. So I don't have to you do. I'm one. telling you, it makes you glow. It makes your skin so good. That chlorophyll is like, get in here. Yeah. Get in here. It's literally packed with so much that I, if it is like the one thing that I take, I'm like, okay, like at least I'm covered. Because you get it all. It's like yeah. on there. And listen, when I say I like to sell, it mean, I mean, I want you to sell AG1 through this podcast. Like I... <laughs> I'm pumped about that for you, and I want you to make money. Thank you. Well, everyone can get five free travel packs and a year's <laughs> supply of vitamin D if they go to athleticgrace.com slash live well. All right. Anyway, Do if it. they didn't sponsor this podcast, I'm going to have to move it to a different week. <laughs> so it. it will work. But no, I, I, love, I love that. And I want to come back to something else that you were saying, too, about the church. So obviously you have gone through a transformation. You talk about this a little bit in the book about the views you used to have and the the way that we were raised of like, this is all that women are supposed to do in the church and, and in general. And you're pretty much sinning if you're not just home with your children. And, and I mean, in some ways it, what you were saying, like having that opportunity outside of the church, like I have felt that even recently with this idea that like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to work in a salon a few days a mm-hmm. week. I have either yeah. been a stay-at-home mom or worked from home right. for the past 18 years. And you know what? I am so freaking excited <laughs> to be outside of my house and around people. Yeah. I am an extrovert. I like gain energy off of being around other people. And the thought of 
driving. And I mean, the place is 45 minutes away that I'm going to go work. I don't even care. I'm like, I'm going to listen to my audiobooks. I'm going to go be around adults. I'm going to have a reason to get dressed for the day. This is why didn't I think of this sooner? <laughs> like, This is amazing. But it, that is so like not okay in the church. And so like, how did you get there? Where are you at now? How do you reconcile that? How do you find a place to be in fellowship and Christian community with people when that has been such a writing way that we have been raised and it's still a pretty prevalent thought. Yeah. I mean, I first was aware of this. If you travel outside of the United States, uh, my worldview was just so small. So I was first became very like, oh, oh my gosh. I went to Haiti and I saw single moms everywhere they, it was like, they had to work. What they're going to, what they're going to stay at home. So like your American gospel doesn't fit in this, these women in Haiti who are providing for their family through very difficult circumstances and, um, their kids are happy. They love God, (laughs) but they're working. And I thought that can't be wrong. Like, why is that wrong? They have no choice. Like they, they are working. They, it's just, they have to do this. So then I thought, well, what a privilege we have that we can tell women, you have to stay home and we have the means to do that. Not everybody has the means to do that. So is your gospel a, for the wealthy or for those who have means, or does your gospel also work over here in the situation of poverty? And that was the first time that I understood, Oh, I have, I have been wrong about this. And, um, And, you know, I traveled even more going to Rwanda going, it's just the world is bigger than our Western eyes on things. And once I started to understand that, oh, this is a very Western view of the gospel. Jesus was not, (laughs) didn't have our American evangelical perspective. So what am I missing when I'm not researching Hebrew culture and what it would have looked like to be living in the Middle East and what, why these words would have been so compelling for wealthy women to come into this space. You have your Lydia's, you know, and, and why was it so appealing for women? And you have this gospel, you know, and Paul is like, there is no slave or free. He's taking these hierarchies and he's putting them all on the same. And there is no male or female. You guys, we're not doing the hierarchy thing here. Um, there's no Jew, right? Like we are, we Jews and Gentiles both get to be in here. And I thought that would have been crazy at the time. So I just think once you get out of those systems, like you, you get out of those systems, you go learn, you go see, and you think, ah, how very Western, but it, it took a lot of prayer and soul searching and reading and, um, not being allergic to being wrong and repentance. And then once I did that, I kind of got out of those systems. I find myself more in like Anglican spaces right now. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been drawn to too. Yeah. Get in there. So interesting. Yeah. Well, and, and to be honest, some of those evangelical spaces are losing. uh, I mean, I'm talking real fundamental evangelical spaces are losing people by the multitudes because Women are like, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've learned, I've learned too much. I've read too much. I have prayed about this. I no longer just take like a male's word for this. And in the translation you want me to read, that is yeah. also made by 
fundamentalists who want women to stay in their place and love this hierarchy. And you just, you, you deconstruct all that. I know it's a bad word. I know that's a cuss word. (laughs) But I'll tell you, once you get purified and you go through the fire, love remains. God is love. That is what I came out with. And uh, I love God more than I ever have. My relationship is stronger with God than ever. And he was not afraid of my questions. He was not afraid of my doubts. He was not afraid of my undoing. He was actually with me in a very deep, meaningful way. And, you know, but we've been told it's naughty and it's bad. And it's like, don't even think about it because you're going to lose your faith. No, you'll lose your religion probably, but you're not going to lose your faith. Yeah. So are you guys in an Anglican church? Is that how you, I don't even know anymore. (laughs) Like what? Because it is such a like, I know that deconstructing word, but you really have to. I know that one of the big things for me of like even evangelical spaces is like how feelings based it is. And like you're supposed to have this like big experience every time you're there. And it's like, I not I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling yeah. that right now, you know, and it right. just feels like the Anglican is a little less about that it's just kind of like you just show up there's a lot of there's a lot of liturgy um and I find comfort in it I just Mm I I my first job out of college was working for an Anglican church and I ran their children's program and I had no clue about Anglicans I grew up in a charismatic church I I was like the first service I went to I said you guys are Catholics and you don't even know it and they don't do the saint stuff really but uh, I just didn't understand it. It was a totally just different frame of mind. And I thought this is not coming from your heart because you're just reading these words. And I fell in love with it. I mean, I thought saying these prayers together and it's so communal and confession together. And I just thought, oh, there is something here. I left that church and we joined like Acts 29 for a decade and woof, that did a number on me. but. Once we got out of that and a lot of my body shame lifted, um, once I undid the purity culture stuff, you know, uh, my body's not bad, not bad to be a woman. Once I started undoing that, I just felt like every system, every denomination is going to have their crud, but I needed to find a place where I could just exist as a woman and with my gifts, the gifts that, that I have, my brain and the gifts that I have, you know, I'm a voracious researcher. I do public speaking. I love God. And if I was a male, you you're getting in the pulpit, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I couldn't. I mean, the, I just I just kept finding like I, ugh, everywhere I turned, it was like wall, 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 and wrong, wrong, wrong. Why are you like this? And I thought I because God made me. I don't know. I can't yeah. help it. Like yeah. So you know, you'll find spaces that align with your beliefs and your gifts, and you know, even it's like people in those fundamental religious spaces, they love God and they are doing the best they can with the skills they have. And the people who are in the very progressive, they love God and they're doing the best they can with the skills they have. I just have stopped caring about judging other people. I focus on my relationship with God, my family, my community, and it's really freeing. I completely agree because there is so much of that even embedded into the church. Like you're supposed to think that you're going to the right church and other people aren't going to the right church and, you know, like all of that kind of thing. And it's like, what if we didn't spend 
all of our time, like being worried about that. What if we just tried to have our relationship with God and then, you know, let him deal with the rest. I thought about that years ago when I was in a much more fundamental space and it was like, oh no, this way of reaching out to people, that's not godly. And it was like, but they're reaching out for the Lord. Like, Mm -hmm. who are we to say that the box only is this way and only this small and this is the only way that works he made the whole world and the whole universe like it seems like he's pretty creative like he can probably yeah. come up with other ways of reaching people than this one designated way that is supposed to be the thing you know or yeah. it's not godly enough so Ladies, support for today's episode comes from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, you guys. I have a couple of sweaters that are Jenny Kane that you have seen me wear on Instagram if you follow me at all because they are on constant rotation. They are so comfortable, but they're also so beautiful. They're so well-made. I love getting a piece of clothing that you just know is really well-made and is going to last you for the long haul. And I honestly wear my Jenny Kane sweaters through all the seasons because, you know, we've got the air conditioning going in the summer and I'm always all bundled up inside and then I have to shed the layers to go outside. And typically I love to turn to my Jenny Kane sweaters because I still feel pulled together and like I have a really nice outfit on, even though it's super simple. I love how versatile her pieces are. They are just such great staple pieces. She also has flowy dresses and lightweight cardigans for the end of summer if you are wanting some of those, but it's also a great time to be stocking up for your fall wardrobe and getting yourself all set up with pieces that are not only going to be great for this season, but so many seasons to come. I know that I am really going to be relying on my Jenny Kane pieces as I start my job out of the house this fall. It's so different for me and I really want to look pulled together. And that's so easy to do with Jenny Kane pieces because they're designed so intentionally. You can really dress them up or dress them down. You could style their sweaters with a pair of jeans or you could put them on over a dress or with a skirt or however you want to style them with the basic pieces that you already have in your wardrobe. Jenny Kane believes in the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Plus they also have home essentials that are also beautiful, timeless furniture pieces, cozy throws, perfectly curated decor, and the most incredible candles. And did I also mention they have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back on every purchase and joining is completely free. So find your forever pieces at jennykane.com slash livewell15. My listeners get 15% off your first order when you use the code livewell15 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I. K-A-Y-N-E dot com slash livewell15, promo code livewell15. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think we've kind of brought this up a few times. Some of it is just age. Some of it you're just not going to feel that same freedom with or the same like, I'll stay in my lane, you stay in yours until you can kind of get over it. But it sure is nice. 20s and probably early 30s, everything is very black and white. I mean, even developmentally, people think that your developmental stage ends at like, oh, and this is puberty and then this is young adulthood or whatever. Like, oh, this is what a toddler's needs are. Your developmental stages actually keep going and there are just like things that are happening in your psych that is universal. And in your 20s, especially like things are black and white. I mean, you are like, 
why can't everyone just be like me? Um, because I found the way and this is how it is. And you're all stupid for not doing (laughs) it. And (laughs) you get into your, I would say mid, mid thirties and you kind of look around and life got really complicated. There's been suffering at this point and you start to kind of slough off some of these things. Now you're moving into your forties. I mean, then you look around and think, Oh, I was wrong. And you're willing to say it. You're yeah. willing to even like, yeah, that was a, that was a wrong turn. Uh, but you don't have that skill in your twenties. So yeah, you know, some of it is just developmental stages. A lot of it is your, what's your, what's your inner life like with God and with like, have you gone to therapy? Are we undoing some yeah. of the things that have been harmful in our past? Like you can do that with God. Therapy and God exist together. And he's the great undoer and the great redeemer. And I just don't think we should be afraid of it. I, I think we were sold a crock of poop on be afraid of questions, be afraid to deconstruct. Yeah. Don't ask too many questions or you're just going to lose it all. And it's very unattractive. It's very unattractive yeah. to the outside. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, as you were describing those stages, it was like, I, I've talked about it on the podcast before, like my twenties, you look back and I don't know if you get out of your twenties without looking back and thinking like, Oh, like that's so cringeworthy. And I went so from cringy. that. Yeah. I went from that place of like being that like, uh, well, you would want me to tell you what I've discovered. <laughs> Right. I mean, I would want to know. And so I'm going to make sure that all of these things that I learned, same like being a researcher and like so bad in the mom space, being becoming a mom a week before I turned 22. I mean, like I'm becoming a doula and I'm cloth diapering my kids. And I'm like, you want to know all of this. Right. And how obnoxious I was. And then I think like mid 30s, I like saw that. And went like way the other direction. Like, I can't tell anybody about anything. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm judging them or I'm like, I just, it it was just bad. I had, I had the right intentions, but it came out all wrong. And now I just don't want to tell anybody about anything. If you ask me a question that I will tell you, but so now it's like trying to come to that equilibrium of like, okay, these are just the things that I use and I like take it or leave it. You know, it, it's, it's fine with me. If you do, it's fine with me if you don't, but this is what's working for me. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a difference in like prescribing things, behavior, like ways of life. Like this is the prescription, like this is what you do as opposed to saying, hi, this is what I'm loving right now. This is what's working for me. I'll tell you a story about it. Um, I'll tell you, here's what, how it's really changed my gut health or my whatever. And there you go. That's it. I'm not prescribing it to you. I, and, and I find that that's just a gentler way to say, you know, here's how, here's what's working for me. And somebody in your audience is going to say like, I have those exact same issues. I have those exact same needs. I'm going to give it a chance. And that's who you want buying from you. You don't want the people who are combing your social media to catch you in a misstep and who are trolling you. Those aren't customers. They're not friends. (laughs) They're not, you want them to to go. So yeah, Yeah. no. And that's like, I think we get caught up with like, oh, but I, I have to keep the, the numbers for the podcast or, you know, whatever. But it's like, the more you're willing to let the people go 
who aren't really going to be your real customers or your real followers or people who are interested in you, the more room there is for the people who are interested in who you are and what you have to do. And you can, you know, mix in your love of duck art and yeah, (laughs) and we do whatever it is. And, and that's what the, like the real people will, will stick around for because they like the whole thing. Seth Godin calls it smallest viable market. You need to learn those three words, smallest viable market. You do not need a hundred thousand followers to sell to. You don't need 10,000 people to sell to. You need 500 raving fans who love you and trust you and they will buy from you. You don't need, it's just like this trap of like, if I had more, if I had more eyeballs on me, I could sell more. No, smallest viable market is what you want. You want people who love and trust you and, and that's going to be who you sell to. So, you know, you, you look at, you look at people with hundreds of thousands of followers and they can't sell a book. They can't sell a book that they wrote. And, and then you look at, at, someone like me, I'm not saying I have a smaller audience, but like I have built trust for a decade and I have said, I'm going to write a book. And then I finally did. God bless everyone who hung in there with me, but I can sell a book like, because I built this trust with, with my little, like faithful with the little faithful and the big, everybody wants a bigger audience or they want more sales. And I'm like, you're not even taking care of the people you have right now. Like you don't need a bigger funnel. You need to take care of what God has given you today. Yeah. I love, I love that advice because it frees you up. Just like everything in your book. It's like, don't worry about the bigger steps. It's even like this gal that I was talking to yesterday about building my lash business. And especially because like I'm doing it in a different state. <laughs> so yeah. it's like I'm I'm doing it in a different town, a different state, going over there to do it where that's where the opportunity is. Like, how do I get customers? I don't even live there. I don't get coffee there. I don't, you know, like, how yeah. do you do that? And she was giving me all of these, you know, pieces of advice. And she was like, you know, really initially, don't even worry about how much you're charging. Don't even worry about any of that. It's going to come. Your job right yeah. now is to just get heads on beds, like heads on beds. Yep. That's that's it. And, th- and then it will come. And it's like, you can't put that cart before the horse. You can't be so worried about the the bigger things down the road or how are you no. going to get there? Just to keep taking no. step by step. It's the concept. I grew my business, the MLM business, but I also wrote a book like this. It's like, it just works. And it's called one thing a day and you do one thing a day that is going to grow whatever you're trying to grow. So what we do is say, here's my 10,000 step plan. And then you look at it, you get so overwhelmed and you're like, I can't do it. It's too much because you can't do 10 things a day. Probably like, unless you're OCD, sometimes I can when I hyper-focus, but like, yeah, really, really what you can do is one thing a day. And what is an income producing activity that I can do today? What's just one thing. And I'm telling you making graphics and, you know, writing up whatever, if you don't post that or share it with someone, like that's not an income producing activity, like making graphics, branding, these are not income producing activities. You think they are because you're being really busy. But I'm telling you, unless you're getting a butt in the seat and you're spending two hours a day writing that book that you said you were going to write, 
that's we're not we're not doing a goal. We're busying ourselves and doing things frantically that look like business, but they aren't. So it's like I can make all the graphics if I don't share them with anybody. Yeah. And give a testimony and show my face. That graphic is who cares? We yeah. see graphics all day long. We don't care. What do they yeah. do? Like so I've just noticed that you know, maybe an income producing activity is that you go into the coffee shop next door, you start making friends with those baristas. I mean, they like to get their lashes done too. And, you know, those are things that you can do, but you have a business card and you hand it out. And I know business card sounds dumb. You have a QR code, but yeah, you, I th- think sometimes you do need a, a paper card in those circumstances where you're just going to yeah. be out like, hustling, like, Oh, I just started my job, you know, next door if you guys want to come in, I need to get heads on beds. I'm doing 20% off, like come in and see me. Somebody, they are going to be compelled by that. Like they're already like you. Right. So I just think, yeah, there's a little bit of hustling to that, but it's not like overwhelming. I just did one thing. I went to the coffee shop next door and I said, I'm starting my business. Do you want what I offer? Yeah. And it's a certain amount of like, you just have to get over yourself. You do. And when I, have trouble with that for me, then sometimes I have to look at my kids and think about moving back in with my parents. <laughs> and then yeah, like, okay, it is worth it for all of us for me to put my pride on the line and just show up and ask the person the question or say the thing, because what's the worst that could happen? Like, sometimes I have to think that too. Like if I, if I show up and I say it, what is the worst that could happen? They could say no, they could laugh at me. They don't they, care. Like, yeah. They won't They're laugh at probably, you and they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. They're not obsessed with you. Like you are obsessed with you. You know, I was, I went to Sprouts the other day and this kid looked nervous. He was a younger guy. He looked really nervous. And I thought he was going to ask for money um, or something. I mean, he just was like, and he was going to try to talk to me. Okay. So I walk up, I make, I don't do the avoid eye contact. Thing. You're I'm going to, we're going to give you some dignity here. So I look at him and he says, I just started a moving company. Here's my card. I'm just reaching out to everybody in this area. You know, he's at Sprouts in a nice part of town. So smart. So I was like, dude, I need to tell you, I love your hustle. This is so good. What a good demographic. You're doing the exactly the right thing that you need to be doing today. When you don't have a home to move, you're out here hustling. And like, he was like, thank you so much for saying that. I was not offended that he handed me a card for his business. Yeah. I keep it in my little pouch. If I have a friend that needs moving, I'm going to be like, this kid was hustling. This kid wants yeah. to work. So I don't know. Maybe not everybody's going to have that response, but for the most part, people are like, okay, sometimes they need the service. Sometimes they don't. They won't think two more times about it until they need that yeah. service. Yeah. That's so true. It's so true. You just have to you have to just put yourself out there and put in the effort. And then it's like, as I was talking, I've been talking with all these people who are growing their businesses and they're like, yeah, you just, you start, once you start, you put in that little bit of effort and then you start building rapport and relationship with people. Like that's what it's going to take it to that next level. And then yeah. they're going to tell their friends. And then it's like the organic building yeah. from there. You know, it's yeah. how I found you. Somebody shared one of my good friends who'd followed you for years, shared your trash craft videos and knew that I would appreciate it. <laughs> I just threw like the heaviest teapot away. It was hot pink that Lila made for me. I mean, I felt awful, but I'm like, yeah, it's hot pink. The spout, I mean, look like a wiener. I just and it was sitting <laughs> on the <laughs> kitchen and I was like, I think today's the day. Like, let's play taps yeah. and like 
get it into the <laughs> trash can, lower yeah. it gently and it's let time, it go. Trash time to go. I know I get that question from younger moms. I feel like every so often where they're like, how do you keep all this stuff and where do you put it? I'm like, the trash. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I just, I know I, they may get mad at me when I'm, they're older and they want that box of first grade art, but I won't, I keep yeah. some, I keep some in a box that is just like hilarious or really cute or whatever. And I try to keep like two or three things from the year. We put it in a, yeah, a really easy bucket that's high up. And they even like to go through it sometimes and just see like laugh at their art or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, that's good enough. Like no one's going to be like, and where is the heinous um, Q-tip art that I made? I mean, why is it always Q-tips? But you know, they're not going to ask for that. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't miss the art my mom didn't save for me. (laughs) That's true. You know, I do miss the Gumby phone that my mom threw away. Yeah, see, um, there there are a few things. I miss the Rainbow Bright that fell off the stroller, and she wouldn't let us go back for yeah, it. That's you know, it felt personal. Yeah, yeah. But as far as things that I personally made, no. I'm good. No. I'm good. <laughs> I'm also, I you know, I'm not even. I guess I'm not even ashamed to say it. I am not the mom who is going to put the ornaments that my kids make on my perfectly decorated Christmas tree. And I'm also not going to hang up the calendar that they make oh, me. The I, old calendar. Yeah. No, no. I, I have curated my space <laughs> the way that I would like it. So there will be a special, special place for that to go, special but treat. not. N- yes. I, I literally like in their bedroom in their room. sometimes I'll do the, like, here's all the things that you guys made, but here's the one downstairs. Do not touch it. <laughs> Yeah, it's perfect. Ours is my, I don't even care. The tree downstairs, I don't, I let them put whatever they want. I mean, one year they made like ornaments out of, I mean, I swear they found things in the trash and glued them and put them on paper clips. <laughs> and I find them like every year. And so then I kind of like throw them away on the side, you know, yeah. but the, I still find things they hang up there. I'm like, okay, well, there we go, losing our dignity again. Right. Maybe that'll be for you this next decade. <laughs> maybe if I don't it's based so. on As my mom I'm yeah I'm doubting doubting it and the funny thing is like I don't even have anyone over that <laughs> that tree is going to be decorated the way I think it needs to be decorated sometimes it's all you got and you gotta you know, really love that it's true it's true I I more and more I'm like letting go of their spaces like okay I oh, really yeah. would like your room to be a certain way but I just, I, I let go and let God, like, I can't, uh, I can't do it anymore. You should see my teenager's room, the posters. It's tough. It's tough, but you know, they're trying to express themselves yeah. and I wish I had a little bit more freedom at, when I was yeah. a younger adult, you know, adolescent where my parents gave us like one bulletin board, you know, and <laughs> I, you know, it really didn't do anything. So now I've swung the other way and I'm like, yeah, we yeah. are d- another poster and I'm excited about it see my son is into film and so he just invests all of his money into more film gear and places to put the film gear but there he's got like shelves stacked on top of shelves at this point and a bunk bed and a desk that is like got three monitors and you know like we went to Target and he was like mom this is torture I have to get another bookshelf how dare you bring me to Target and I was like honey there's 
there's not another place to do that. I don't know if you're just planning on putting it like on the top bunk or like <laughs> it's there's literally like I don't know what to tell you. It, there's just not any more space. So but it's sweet though. Yeah. Yes. At least he's, you know, he's building into his future. That's what he's going to go into. So he keeps trying to con me though and get his sister's room and the two of them versus his one he's like i would have so much more space and like no. i i am aware yeah. yeah no sorry you're going to have to just make it work you're only here for two more years i <laughs> know be in a you... dorm room good luck oh see how that flies yeah well jamie it was so fun to have you on again you just you are full of so much wisdom plus all the laughs which i think make it even more you know you can sneak in a lot more because you're funny, which is nice. <laughs> and I do. You'd be you laughing, do. then you get spanked. Just yes, kidding. it's true. But I'm I, gentle. I swear I'm gentle. Yes. <laughs> in your book is like the gentlest form of like, look what can be different if you just let it be and you press yeah. into that. And here's your permission slip. And it was, it's like freedom wrapped in pink. And it yeah. was it was just so, so good. So thank you so much for writing it and then for coming on the show to chat again. I loved it. You're easy. Oh, well, thank you. I think. I meant that in a very non-sexual way. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for clarifying. And that's how um, I give compliments, folks. Yes. It's the best. All right. Isn't she just the best? I love Jamie. I love getting to chat with her. It was so much fun. And you guys, I really did enjoy her book. I really suggest you go get it because it was just exactly what my heart and soul needed right now. And I think a lot of us feel that way. So be sure to check out our show notes where I have links to her book that also then help support us here at the podcast. You can head over to mckenziecoppacom slash podcast and find notes to all of our episodes right Right there. You can also always just go to mckenziecoppacom slash Amazon. That will take you to all of our lists of things that I really love, but also you can shop for whatever it is your heart desires on Amazon, and it will give us a little bit of a kickback without costing you any more money. The same applies to all of our sponsors and affiliate links. Anytime you buy through one of those, it helps support me and my family, which I so, so very much appreciate. So thank you to so many of you who do that regularly. All right. Next week's episode, we actually have Carrie Blair on the podcast. We are going to be talking about developing your own style and figuring out how you want to show up in the world. It is also a really fun conversation that you're not going to want to miss. So until next week, ladies, go be bold and gracious.